You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot-button Internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on Internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Now, please welcome your host, the founder of the Internet Law Center, Bennett Kelly. Good morning. This is Bennett Kelly broadcasting live from the Internet Law Center here in Santa Monica, California, in the heart of Silicon Beach, part of the curvaceous slopes of California that Dr. Martin Luther King referenced in his I Have a Dream speech, where he said, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin but by the content of their character. And today is the 50th anniversary of the assassination of Dr. King. Um, we're mindful of this day. And uh, in our show notes at cyberlawradio.wordpress.com, you um, actually can find a link to a show we did with Tavis Smiley on his book, The Death of King. Um, but I would just like to add one other quote from Dr. King, who I see as the the George Washington of the second American revolution that extended um, the promise of our first revolution to all Americans. And it's apropos for a time like today where he said that history will have to record that the greatest tragedy of this period of social transition was not the strident clamor of the bad people, but the appalling silence of the good people. So we all have a duty to stand up and be heard. And that's what Dr. King is saying to us. Um, but I want to welcome our guests today, who have been great friends of the show, um, many been here many times, and uh, and you know probably know him well. Um, Dan Tynan, a journalist, and um, Brenda Christensen. She is the um, CEO of um, Stellar Public Relations, and um, welcome both of you. Good morning, Bennett. Brenda, you with us? 
Yeah, good afternoon Perfect. from good Florida. Afternoon. Um, <laughs> and it's probably warmer there than it is here. Uh, and do you have any thoughts on, on Dr. King's anniversary? Do either of you remember that day? I do, oh, yeah. actually. I was little, um, probably not as little as you guys, but I was eight years old. And I remember watching TV with my parents, and all of a sudden this screen goes blank and the news comes on and Dr. King has been shot. And I had no idea who this guy was, but my parents started crying. Wow. Yeah. I don't remember that day. I remember, you know, two months later, or was it two months? Yeah, two months later when Bobby was shot. I just remember seeing that played over and over again, but I I don't. Um, Do you have a favorite Dr. King quote? Me? Yeah. Yes, and I think it's very appropriate for today's internet age. Uh, Nothing in all the world is more dangerous than sincere ignorance and conscientious stupidity. Wow. (laughs) Very true. And Brenda, what about you? you? Do you recall much from that day? Yeah, um, I was very small. I was only uh, four years old, um, and it was one of my first memories. And the other memory was of um, JFK, and I was only about a year old, and I remember. And um, it was it was a time of, of great sorrow, but also of great hope. And um, I think that uh, this quote by Dr. King, which is one of my favorites, really talks to the future and the future of children. And uh, the quote is, the function of education is to teach one to think intensively and to think critically. Intelligence plus character, that is the goal of true education. And as we all know, the children are our future. So I think that was great. Thank you. That's spoken like a true mother. Um, Well, (laughs) we, we are here today um, to talk about the, the Facebook scandal and calls for, by some, including one of our guests, to leave Facebook, as in what I'm calling Fexit, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and borrowing from um, Brexit. And um, so um, Dan has written a column about why I'm leaving Facebook and why you should too. And um, just for reference, in our show notes, we actually have uh, a little um, summary of a brief history of Facebook controversies into a little PowerPoint slide, but we'll invite you to take a look at that if you need background on this issue. But Dan, why don't we start with you? Um, why are you leaving Facebook? Well, you know, um, <clears throat> there's so many reasons. Uh, it really, you know, I've been covering Facebook, writing about social media and privacy since, you know, Facebook started, really. And, um, you know, I've seen this, I've seen this rodeo before. I've seen this show before. I've seen Facebook do something egregious, uh, have a huge backlash, issue a tepid, um, passively voiced apology, offer a few more privacy controls, and then keep going. Uh, monetizing more and more data, um, you know, giving more and more controls in harder and harder ways to find them. And I've had enough. Uh, You know, the final straw was the Cambridge Analytica thing. The final straw was allowing people to mine the profiles of millions of users without their knowledge, without their permission, and to use it to elect Donald Trump. And without really breaking any of Facebook rules, except the one where you're not supposed to sell this data to a commercial entity. So it, they followed Facebook rules. They mined the data of somewhere between 30 and 50 million Americans. And here we have the Trump presidency. I'm done. And the thing is, is the Facebook 
in many other areas, it can be quite aggressive with its with app people app in in people who use the API mm-hmm. interface. But somehow, what they learned about Cambridge Analytica in what 2015 that yeah. the data was being used in in ways uh, other than is permitted, but did nothing. But just took their word at it. Didn't didn't do any auditing. You know, whereas in so many other areas, they're so much more vigilant. They wrote a strongly worded letter and then they ignored it for three years. What fun! Yeah, uh, Comic Sans probably. <laughs> good, good, good comeback. Um, and so yeah, and and you're seeing this growing chorus in response to this moment that you know, maybe this was the tipping point. And I, I think two two things come to mind. One is uh, you know the statement by Apple CEO that Facebook is you know with Facebook the users are the product. Mm, and sure. it's time that the, this needs to be evaluated from a policy point of view. And it is triggering a policy debate. I, I look back the last time we talked about, you know, seriously had debates about privacy on Capitol Hill. And that was in 2010. Since you know, the midterm elections in 2010, when the Republicans took control of both houses of Congress, there has been no meaningful privacy debate. And so the fact that even now, with Republicans still controlling Congress, that there's a debate over that is quite significant. And you know, as we mentioned offline, I think there's a, a meme that's somewhat apropos, and uh, even if it may not be true, is of a, a picture of um, Mark, CEO Mark Zuckerberg talking to a, a worker, and the caption from the worker is, my dad says that you're spying on us, and Zuckerberg's response is, he's not your father. <laughs> so, um, Brenda, what what is your take on this? Um, well, you know, I look at all of this through a PR lens, of course, and they're doing the opposite of what you're supposed to do textbook for any crisis communication um, event. Um, you know, my my biggest question is where is Cheryl Sandberg in all of this? Um, she's she's obviously not leaning in; she's leaning out. <laughs> right, and. Uh, <laughs> And, um, you know, now there's calls for Mark to step down because they're not, like Dan said, they're not effectively addressing it to the public. And and then they, like you said, they come out with a strongly worded letter and then they ignore it. So I think this time um, things are going to be different. I just watched um, the breaking news cycle and it's been reported two hours ago on CNN that Mark is going to be testifying before Mm -hmm. Congress next week. So bring the popcorn. But um, you know, one of the most difficult things I've ever had to say was on stage during The Economist, um, a cybersecurity simulation where I was playing the role of uh, the press secretary. And I actually had to say this line with a straight face. And mind you, this was way back in 2010. I had to say, well, it's not like we can go rifling through everyone's Facebook profiles. Um <laughs> yeah, I mean, we always we've always kind of known that Facebook is somewhat an arm of the government. It's a it's a self registry um, for the government, and um, but I think this was egregious, and I agree with Dan. And I, I do have a conspiracy theory. Um, I'm wondering, you know, um, Mark Zuckerberg has made had made overtures. He kind of went on his U.S. tour, and people were talking about him possibly running for office, and. I think it would have certainly been easier for him to run against Donald Trump than Hillary Clinton had she won. 
but you know, I'll leave that to all the other conspiracy theorists. Wow. Oh, <laughs> so this is. Yeah, I used to cover policy. Yeah, I used to cover politics as a newspaper reporter on a national and um, state level. So you have to wonder, um, you know, what's going on behind the scenes, and maybe this is also an effort you know, kind of a cloak and dagger behind the scenes kind of uh, jockeying thing. But I don't know. It'll be really interesting to see. I think the proof in the pudding is going to be how they proceed um, leading up to the congressional testimony and afterward. Well, I think that's going to be a test, I think. having It's how he responds to being challenged. And I... Zuckerberg has a very controlled appearance, and and through the movie, you know, the social network, you, you see that he kind of has a certain disdain for those who aren't as smart as him, or he thinks aren't as smart as him. And I, I can see that testimony going very badly, you know, once he has to go off script. And, right. um, you know, in terms of Sheryl Sandberg, yes, yeah, she has been invisible. But right from the start, people have been asking for Zuckerberg. Uh, and in terms of you referenced the you know, PR manual, I mean, I'd like to know, you know, if you look in the indexes and when you look up dumpster fire, is, does this come <laughs> up? Because they've lost you know, 19% of their value yeah. since this story broke. Well, 81% to go. Right. Yeah. And I think what's really interesting is what also is trending in the news cycle is this photographer who took a picture of Mark um, cleaning up after his dog. And they called him to Facebook headquarters and pretty much intimidated him in in Trump fashion. (laughs) Um, Kind of this thuggery about, you know, Mark's um, privacy is very important. And now, of course, (laughs) this is Another PR backlash about okay, well, obviously he's more his privacy is more important than any Facebook. Actually, there. it's funny you mentioned it. I saw there was an I didn't I saw a headline about how this the steps Zuckerberg goes just to protect his garbage from being. Oh, yeah. Do you, are you familiar with that, Dan? Too. Yeah, there was a guy. Uh, there was a reporter who tried to uh, dumpster dive on Zuckerberg, which is legal. Right. Um, so he tried to do it in San Francisco because Zuckerberg has a house in the mission and there was no trash there so he went to his house in palo alto and he was um intimidated by three uh beefy security guards who were outside but zuckerberg's house is surrounded by a construction fence because zuckerberg bought the three lots around his house and raised the houses just to create more privacy for himself can wow. you can you create a worse metaphor you know right. <laughs> you're mark zuckerberg are you trying don't forget to be about this and- guy Right. And also the controversy around his Hawaiian property. He wanted to build the wall around his Hawaiian property. And, you know, Hawaii is a very precious gem. And there was a lot of outcry against that. And that, you know, would um, be ugly and it would block the view from the general public. And he fought that long and hard. So the hypocrisy is astounding. No, so all they need to do is uh, change the pronoun in their responses from your personal privacy is important to us to my personal privacy is important to me. That's right. <laughs> well, and the problem is they don't they don't get that first statement right, I think. Um, we were talking offline about the announcement. It was a Reuters story yesterday that, uh, you know, in the interview with Reuters, Zuckerberg said that with the coming um, GDPR, the you know, general data 
um, privacy regulations that go into effect in Europe on May 25th, which are quite sweeping, uh, and apply to all European data wherever it is. So it's it's um, kind of it, it crosses borders beyond Europe that they would adhere to the, that standard for Europeans. And, and so I, I tweeted the story out with the caption, um, you know, we really care about privacy, but not that much. <laughs> you know, it just sends the wrong message at this time that if they're willing to up their game where they have to, but not where they don't. Any thoughts on that? It's just more of the same, you know, uh, and I, I'm curious, I, I'm curious about Brenda's take on, on their response because it was five days of silence after the yeah. news broke. Yeah, and that fact, was, yeah. yeah. And Cheryl Sandberg is still hiding under that couch, right? Yeah. <laughs> she hasn't come out yeah. at all. And and I had mentioned to um, to Bennett that I had a scoop for this radio show um, segment. And what it is is way back in the infancy of um, Facebook, when most executives were starting to use it back in 2008, mm -hmm. um, I had become friendly with their PR director at Facebook through um, a mutual friend who's an editor. And um, I was having issues with Facebook and he said, oh, she'd be happy to help you. She's very friendly, very kind. And then all of a sudden, it was two months later, she got laid off, a bunch of people got laid off and they had an extreme about face and how they interfaced with the mm -hmm. public, with the press, um, they were recalcitrant, you know, they were um, not very forthcoming, they were not um, transparent at all, and, um, you know, she just suddenly got off. So there was definitely a shift back then, and as a PR person in tech for 30 years, you notice these subtleties, and I don't know, I wanted to ask Dan if he had noticed, since you've been working with Facebook from the press side of the fence, have you noticed any difference in their PR approach or their you know, their outward facing interaction right. with you and their rest of the press. Well, I think they're playing nice right now, right? I mean, they, they went right. on, on, you know, they went on a PR tour once Mark, you know, emerged from the couch and, you know, decided to come out in public. Then they did this P media blitz. Very obvious. Uh, I'm sure it was obvious to you, Brenda, that some PR person was saying, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to shore up your reputation. We're going to do interviews with everyone. We're going to do the exact opposite of what we've done for the last 10 years, in other words. Uh, Facebook is one of the companies that is very hard to get into, even to get a comment from, even to get an official no comment from. But they're not the worst. Apple is the worst. Amazon is number two. Facebook is number three. And so it's interesting you have Apple CEO leading the charge on Facebook that right. this the regulation is needed and you're saying Apple should be well, target number one. Well, no, I'm, I'm talking in terms of responsiveness to the media. Oh, okay. They answer only to their fans. And whereas Facebook will talk with reporters if they think they're friendly. And so there's a handful of reporters who are basically stenographers for Facebook, and they will talk to them. But if you have you know, a difficult question, um, they generally don't talk to you, or they'll talk to you on background, which means you can't use it. Um, I actually have questions into them. Uh, I'm expecting a response in four hours. I sent them two days ago. Uh, I wrote two more pieces about leaving Facebook, one how to do it, uh, and another one on the Facebook data that I downloaded and what was in it, and that was fascinating. Um, and so I've sent them some questions, and I'm waiting to see if they actually respond. 
Well, one thing we have to wait and see is what are our sponsors say. So we're going to take a short <laughs> break right now to allow them to see what they say. And when we come back, we'll have more on the Facebook privacy controversy with our favorite guests, Dan Tynan and Brendan Christensen. You're listening to Cybalon Biz Report only on webmasterradio.fm. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries for the 2018 International Web Award Competition. Web Marketing Award winners receive an image plaque, certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from our expert judges, and links to your site from the highly ranked Web Award site. Visit www.webaward.org to nominate your company, site, or organization. Deadline for entries is May 31st, 2018. Go to www.webaward.org and sign up today. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. All of your favorite WebmasterRadio.fm programs on air and on demand 24-7. Find our shows on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and anywhere you download your podcasts. Add some podcasts to your playlist as part of a better profit margin. More refreshing talk radio on air and on demand 24-7. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Um, Don't um, get caught in a web of confusion. (laughs) Learn the ropes on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. And we're back and we're talking with Dan Tynan and Brendan Christensen about the uh, Facebook privacy controversy and uh, just a few announcements. Today is the feast day of St. Isidore of Seville. And why do I bring that up? Uh, apparently, he is the patron saint of the Internet, and for, which is kind of an odd thought that there actually is a patron saint of the Internet. And that um, even more interesting, he's from 696 AD. <coughs> but he wrote some of the first encyclopedias of the Western world. And that's the analogy. So um, and for all that is good about the Internet, the vast amounts of knowledge it gives you, and uh, the ability to reach out to the entire world. Uh, let's celebrate that today. Um, but there was another birthday of note recently, and aside from today is also Maya Angelou's 90th birthday, um, Dan Tynan uh, was <laughs> celebrated his birthday on April Fool's Day. What better day than that? Um, so birthday boy, Dan, why don't you lead us off? Wh- where do you see this going? Well, I should I should clarify that April first is not my birthday. It's my fake birthday. It's the one I put on Facebook because oh. Facebook always asks for a date of birth, and I don't think anyone deserves my date of birth except maybe you know the DMV, uh, you know, and my voter registration records. So screw them. Um, so that's not my actual birthday, uh, and I picked April Fool's Day because it's April Fool's Day. 
<laughs> Fit, fittingly so. All right. Yeah. So, so all right, um, well, you'll return the gift, right? You sent me, you <laughs> bought me a gift. Wow. Awesome. That's great. Um, so I'm sorry. I missed, I missed your question. I was too busy correcting the record. Oh, no. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it's April 2nd, right? No, just kidding. Um, where do you, where do you see this going? Well, no, before we, before we broke, we were talking about Apple. And, mm, right. and their role and and so where does Facebook and Apple and Google where do they fit in on this kind of uh, America's most wanted from a privacy point of view well you know one thing that people haven't talked about and I think they will eventually get to talk about is the role of YouTube we're about to <laughs> the role of YouTube in the election which has not which has been pretty much ignored <clears throat> YouTube was gamed just as uh, dramatically and effectively by the alt-right as Facebook was. Uh, in fact, in some ways, it was probably more effective uh, in terms of spreading viral videos uh, and bot-generated videos. And um, so I think, you know, as Roger Stone likes to say, um, it'll be Google's time of the barrel soon enough for this. Um, and in terms of, you know, the general privacy thing, I mean, it, I think it's great. I mean, Susan Landau, you may have know her um she wrote a post on lawfare recently after the um the facebook scandal and you know her take was this was not a security breach this is a privacy breach uh and it was not a breach per se because it was perfectly in line with facebook's policies so it's it's a policy problem and it's a legal problem because we have no legal protections against this stuff there is no way to sue Facebook over this, at least none that I'm aware of. Uh, and what we really need is we really need, you know, an enumeration of our rights. And um, part of that should be determining whose responsibility it is to protect our information, uh, whether it's ours or whether it's Facebook's. And I don't think we're going to get that, but I think we need it. <laughs> so, I mean... There is one response is, well, if you're worried about Facebook using all your data, you do what you're doing, Dan, leave. Right. And, you know, Facebook, in, in fact, there was a scandal, um, one of the many scandals that Facebook had, it was based, they basically said, well, what recently was disclosed that they were using, if you had um, Facebook on an Android phone, that mm -hmm. they were um, tracking your phone calls. And yeah. they said, yeah, they, yeah. At first, they they didn't respond to that, and they said, okay, yeah, it's true, but you you consented to that. And I don't think anyone really. And this goes to the kind of the broader debate about privacy and privacy disclosures. I, I doubt most people were aware that that's what they agreed to. And I'm, yeah, I'm and, sure they weren't aware. <laughs> right. And, and so that's part of the broader debate. And then, you know, Facebook does have a consent decree with the FTC from 2011. And and so to the extent to which they're they're informing people effectively of their practices is an important issue. But there's also an important issue to the fact that we expect people to inform users about their privacy practices when people ignore those notices. So mm. who... who What's the interplay there? Who has the, what responsibility in that debate? Well, I think it's because it's based on an opt-out model. Everything in the U.S. is based on opt-out. We're going to use your information, and if you don't like it, you can tell us not to, but we're not going to make it easy to do so. Right. 
And, you know, another point to that is, you know, there's the public face of all this. You know, we can talk about Facebook policy and whether you knew or not. But, um, you know, I my brother, who has a security clearance, and my sister-in-law, who works for the State Department, I cannot interact with them on Facebook because they're not allowed to have a Facebook account. A real one. Um, yeah. A real or any, actually. Really? It's a condition. You, you, you can't respond to their Maxwell Smart account? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, as a condition of employment and their security clearances, they, are, they cannot be on Facebook. And my, um, my CTO husband, um, he used to be head of Panda Security. I got the uh, Facebook code back in 2008 for a company, a startup I was launching. They were looking for some API hooks, and they sent it. And I had him look at the code, and he said basically it was Swiss cheese. Um, and he immediately deleted his account way back in 2008. Mm. So, yeah, I, I'm always about the token dacker behind-the-scenes parts of this because there's there's always the public-facing side of everything, and then there's what's really happening behind the scenes. Um, but I agree with both of you. I think the um, congressional testimony will be the true truth on what happens with Facebook going forward. But I don't ever see Mark Zuckerberg stepping down um you know we've had other conversations on the show you know about uber and um he the ceo obviously eventually stepped down but i think that um zuckerberg is never going to step down he's synonymous with facebook well what well i don't know off the top of my head what percentage of the company does he own good question that i know he's worth question. he's worth that's, 62 that's billion that's why they gave me a radio show <laughs> So you ask the questions, don't answer them. Um, so he's worth $62 billion, So just subtract that from Facebook's valuation and we'll know, right? So let's right. see. This, this is why we have Google. Yeah, and um, uh, according to Google, um, well, this is old, but 29.3%. I think it's an older story. Yeah, all the all those stories I see, TechCrunch, but they're all like kind that, of old. Kind of, it'd be hard to push them out. Yeah. Like, it's not yeah. impossible, but it would be hard. And um, I don't know. I mean, I think, how do you think he'll do next week in front of the committee? In addition, other people, you know, I think Google's being called to testify and Twitter's being called to testify as well, aren't they? Well, the unfortunate thing is that there are very few members of Congress who know anything about technology. Right. And, and the ones who do, it's because their staff does. So, and their staff won't be asking the questions. So I don't expect this to be a very fruitful discussion. Well, I mean, they could be reading the questions, and you do see that. Yeah, they they could be, but they won't know when he's he's stonewalling or bullshitting. No, I mean, I, I know what you mean. I mean, I actually I testified in front of the, a panel in Sacramento, and I the worst thing in Sacramento is when you testify in a bill, you have to sit on the, at the same table with the legislator whose bill you're testifying on, and, and so here I am sitting next to this state senator whose bill I'm opposing. And he starts screaming that my company does spyware cookies because he thinks cookies are, you know, are, are spyware. And we got into a shouting match. It was, it was comical. But, um, but this goes to the level of knowledge that they have. And, uh, and so it, it is a challenge. And so it'll be interesting to see. But I think people get the concept of privacy, using people's data. I think the creepiness factor comes in and 
uh, I got to give tribute to um, Dave Morgan, and I forget what company it was at the time, but you know, he kind of raised when the, the behavioral targeting started coming, and there were these companies that were mining data to get even the, the m- most detailed information about people to target data. And he says, that, you know, just because we can do something doesn't mean we should. And that we should be mindful of the creepiness factor. We don't want to turn people off to the internet. And that's an important point. Um, the, you know, Tim Berners-Lee, you know, the founder of the World Wide Web, recently on the you know, the birthday of the web, uh, declared that the internet is under attack. And he said that while it's great that we finally reached the threshold where half the world is now connected to the internet, um, the question remains, does the other half want to be in light of what's going on? And it's, it's someone, it's kind of like someone basically, someone pissed in the pool. And, and what are we going to do about it? Do, do we drain the pool? Do people get out? Um, do we kick somebody out? I don't know if that's the best analogy, but it, it just seemed apropos. It may be like Caddyshack. Maybe it's just a candy bar. In the pool. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Wow, that was good. Um. <laughs> Those are all good questions, and you know, um, when I did the privacy um, event with the Economist on stage, um, uh, you know, uh, we had a really good discussion um, about privacy, and this was back in 2010 before it was really newsworthy. And, um, you know, I think the Europeans are leading the way on this with the GDPR coming up. And, um, you know, it's, it's actually kind of reversed because I think throughout most of technology, the U.S. led on policy and innovation. But I see Europe taking its turn now and um, leading the way, like you Less said. Less you know, vacuum. Yep, exactly. Yep, exactly. What is so... Um, I'm Mark Zuckerberg, and I'm in my gated house in Palo Alto, and I, I talk to you um, and say, Brenda, what? tell me, what? how should I handle next week in front of the committees? You know what? I think his only recourse now, if I was his PR counselor, I would tell him to come out as Scientologist, and everyone would leave him, <laughs> everyone would leave him alone. Everyone would leave him alone. Uh, <laughs> But but seriously, I'm I'm sure he's being coached right now for his congressional testimony, and I really think that's going to be the the watermark for what happens going forward. And um, um, and and it's interesting when you've been in public relations at the Fortune 500 level, like myself, and um, you work very closely with legal. And at a certain point, legal takes over, and PR takes the back seat. So I'm sure it's all legal leading everything right now. Um, you know, and, and of course, I've gotten in fisticuffs almost literally with legal counsel on how to proceed. But um, I, I know right now that the emphasis has got to be on this congressional testimony. Right. But, and, but you know, in terms of messaging, obviously, it, this is going to be his most widely covered appearance, possibly in his lifetime. Right. And yeah, I, get, I keep seeing, you know, echoes of Bill Gates, you know, when the Clinton administration went after him. And, um, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a very uh, treacherous um, walk forward. 
and I agree with um, with Dan about um, how this is going to be the shift. This is going to be the shift going forward about the internet and privacy and how much do we give up and do we give up any at all and do we even want to be on the internet and this raises all these good questions. Um, and I, I think you're right. I think it does raise a lot of good questions. And there's, is there a market failure or do we need to do something uh, to allow a, more competition in this area so consumers have a choice? Well, you know, it's hard to compete in the technology world because we tend to favor one supplier. One supplier wins. It's really a winner-take-all business. Google, Amazon, Facebook, Yeah. right? And it, no, there's Yahoo's it, competing with Google. Oops, never mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm in the wrong way for data breaching. Yahoo's <laughs> way ahead on data breaches. They have the record. Yes. Yes, exactly. So they have that. Yeah, I want to talk about the cultural aspects of this too. I've been in technology since 1985, and it's a very tight knit community, or it has been in the past. And typically, when these events occurred in the past, we would all circle our wagons together, right? But I'm seeing, you know. Tim Cook turning against Zuckerberg and Elon Musk turning against people. So it's really, he, it's been a real a Facebook satellite. <laughs> yeah. It's been a cultural shift, yeah, you know? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I see all these general news stories about, you know, uh, Silicon Valley under attack and uh, they're no longer the darlings. And now they're all kind of this backbiting and, um, no more, there's this cultural shift, there's no more circling the wagons and um, looking after each other. So um, it's always been a vicious, um, like you said, dog eat dog and winner, winner takes all, as uh, Abba says. But um, I, I think that uh, in this whole privacy battle, this is going to be a major shift change culturally, not only for Silicon Valley, but for the world. I think you're right. I, I think uh, I've used the word buyer's remorse, which isn't the best word to describe it. But I, I think you know we've, we've evolved from the early 2000s where we had kind of Internet utopianism to um, people more and more becoming more sanguine about what's going on and now being more skeptical about it the benefits of some of the things that they at one point embrace, including Facebook. Now you're seeing polls showing widespread distrust of Facebook now and a number of people considering, I think one third of tech workers are considering leaving Facebook. Um, it's, it, I made an analogy, I, I called it the internet of how, that mm. in, in reference to the 2001 Space Odyssey movie, that, you know, where Hal took over the spaceship and has that fam- famous line, and, oh, I'm sorry, Dave. And you know, people have realized that this thing that they embrace may have gotten bigger than themselves and gotten out of control, and maybe they don't like that. Well, I don't think Facebook's going to die as a result of this. I don't think they're going to lose a, a really a lot of people at all. But hopefully what will come out of this is people will become more cognizant of the data they're sharing and take more control over it. And hopefully Facebook will make that easy. And this has been my main argument for them with them for many years, which is they deliberately make it hard to control your privacy. Right. And it would it would be incredibly easy for them to give you one button that you now, click and make everything private. Now, Brenda, you, you're a PR professional and you promote your business on Facebook, as do I. And 
what do you say to someone who, who's a business person about how do they approach Facebook? You know, um, I, I tell all of my business friends to always seek legal counsel, and I tell them to call you Bennett. Um, <laughs> but it's true. I, it, it's, it's true. It's, it's becoming, I mean, in a lot of ways, the Internet has opened up the world, but it's become made it more complicated as well. So I think it's always good to have a really good legal friend on hand. And, um, you know, know, just like Dan says, you know, know what's going on behind the scenes. Know what, um, what if you're opting in or opted out. These are all, all really good questions any business person should be asking themselves whenever you go through into any type of medium. That's a good question. Um, one big question for me is I need to take a break and hear what my advertisers have to say, but we'll be right back. Um, you're listening to Cyberlaw Business Report only on webmasterradio.fm. Stay tuned for more of the Cyberlaw and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. What is us? Us is a foundation. Us is the future. Us is a bond. But right now, that bond is fraying. And we need a place that could make it whole. From diabetes prevention to safety around water. The Y fills the gaps. And bridges our divides. But they can't do it without us. Donate today. Because where there's a Y, there's an us. Read by members of the Y. The Y for a better us. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. <laughs> TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Radio's virtual autobahn. WebmasterRadio.fm, moving at the speed of light. WebmasterRadio.fm, we're everywhere. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And we're back. This is Bennett Kelly, and we're talking with Dan Tynan and Brendan Christensen about the current Facebook uh, controversy. And as I mentioned, our show notes are at, on our blog at cyberlawradio.wordpress.com. And they also have links to a number of articles of what's going on today, in, including, I don't know if you've heard about this, what's happened in Atlanta, where uh, a ransomware mm-hmm. attack has shut down many of the city's computers for about a week. And uh, 
So the question is, maybe they should have paid the ransom, but it, when a major city like that can be shut down by ransomware, it is really troubling. But one of the articles is a link to a, a post on our blog at Cyber Report um, for the Internet Law Center, and um, we're also on internetlawcenter.net, is that um, it talks about the, the evolution, the shift of what's going on in Capitol Hill and in Europe, and uh, in a, a recent, you've seen the tech lobby in, in retreat. They were at one point they were 100% against SESTA, and then once all this stuff came out about the role of the social media in the 2016 election, they said they they retreated completely. And uh, in addition, at a recent hearing at the confirmation of Joe Simmons to be Federal Trade Commission chairman, um, he and other FTC nominees said. We're open to revisiting whether the tech giants have abused their market position. And in addition, there was a quote from the New York Times from a European analyst who said, we're at an inflection point. When the great wave of optimism about tech is giving way to growing alarm, this is the moment when Europeans turn to the state for protection and answers and are less likely than Americans to rely on the market to sort out the imbalances. Is is that where you think we are? I mean, Americans are kind of focused on the market to solve itself, while Europeans are saying this is unacceptable. I don't think Americans are focused on anything, honestly. Okay. <laughs> what? I, mean, I don't think we think about it. Uh, and the reason that Europe has always had much stronger data privacy regulations is because they had to think about it because you know they were overrun by Nazis. Yeah. No. Yeah, I, and that's and imagine true. imagine yeah. if the Nazis had Facebook. Right, they have a greater sensitivity to misuse of data because of that experience. Yes, exactly. Whereas in the United States, people are very ignorant about it. I mean, this is an eye-opening thing that uh, psychometrics can be used in this way to micro-target voters and to influence elections. This is new, right? Right. But I still think most people go, "Eh." Interesting. Yeah, I'm a cynic. What can I say? So you don't. So there are a lot of people going to be, I imagine on the hearings, and Brenda, you, 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 and what you think, but there'll be a lot of grandstanding. I mean, basically, oh, yeah. Zuckerberg is going to get a, to put it bluntly, a mild ass whooping, I think, from Capitol Hill as you know people grandstand and show how tough they are. But after Nothing. he leaves, I don't, <laughs> I don't suspect anything's going to happen. Brenda? Um, you know, I, th I think it could go one of two ways. Um, you know, obviously, I think his political aspirations have been put on hold. Um, and, and I think that uh, he's never going to step down. I think they're still hoping it's going to blow over like uh, Stormy Daniels. And it just keeps, right. you know, keeps going and going. You know, as Dan knows, we call this legs. This story has legs. It's been going on for weeks. And um, I think it's going to force them to a point after the congressional testimony to either make radical changes on the surface, but I think it's just going to still be business as usual behind the scenes for Facebook. And I always explain, I, I in the 80s when I was in law school, I worked for a banking lobbyist, and I, I saw how difficult it was to get things through Congress, and in part because for the banking industry, they had, for some of the legislation they wanted, they had to get... Um, three different sets of regulators involved. Uh, and then they had to get banking and securities and all these other industries at the table all agree. And so I always tell people, when you think about privacy legislation, think about the table and who's at it. 
Mm-hmm. And the more people at that table, the more complex it gets. Exactly. And I had a really good conversation with Richard Saul Werman about this. Um, you know, I told him about my background as a journalist. And as a journalist, you're either um, your predilection is towards consuming large amounts of data and slicing and dicing it. And you're also trained that way. You're almost trained to be like a machine, like a robot to process all this data. I said, but now we're doing data dumps on people on Facebook through social networks. And, you know, how is, how is this experience for the average user? And he said, these are all good questions. And what's so great about journalism is that keep asking questions. And, um, Right. Yeah. I mean, All right. a non-answer. Yes, a non-answer. But I, I think he was trying to say that this is, is not going to be I don't think this is going to be solved within a year, within five years, within a decade. Um, but there are market forces um, that that bear on these things. And, you know, now that users are leaving Facebook and their cycles in technology, and Dan knows this too, they tend to run in 10, 15 year cycles. So what's going to be the next thing? And Facebook is probably going to go into obscurity like MySpace. I don't know, but that's kind of my prediction. I think that it'll just kind of take care of itself and it'll, um, you know, these kind of kind of companies tend to devour themselves. You know, one of, one of our early shows was with a, a high school classmate named um, William Powers, who is the author of Hamlet's Blackberry, and which was a reflection really on how the role of you know how people have dealt with great periods of technological change, and the and the role of technology in our life. I mean, Bill actually he and his family at that time would take a Cyber Sabbath. They would. Not for religious reasons, but you know, from Friday sundown to Monday morning, uh, they would not access the internet. And you know, he kind of lamented what, what he viewed as a um, a digital maximalism, that the idea the more connected we are, the better. And he actually he recounted a story where he was rowing. Um, he lives in Cape Cod. And he's rowing a boat with his son, and his phone fell in the water, and he felt liberated. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know he and he just noted that one day he sat on the bench and watched all these people walk by and the number of people walking who were looking at their phones and not the water near them he, it just struck him and uh, and, and so th- th- is this a moment where we also reflect about hey uh, you know as people try to leave Facebook I see people say I'm going to take a break from Facebook um, is this a point where also people reflect on you know is this time suck really giving me what I, I want from it? Mm. Yes, I, I agree. And I just that's why I decided it wasn't giving me what I want. I mean, not just the whole Cambridge Analytica thing, but the fact that Facebook's algorithms choose what I see. Uh, and, you know, it, it's trying to learn from what I do. So God forbid I click on the wrong thing because all of a sudden now I get more of that, right? So, so one important question then is where do you get your, your puppy and kitten photos? That's a good question. Well, I'm, I'm really hoping that, Bennett, that you will email me puppy and kitten photos on a regular basis. <laughs> what about you, Brenda? I think a drone delivery of puppy and hmm. kitten photos is going to be the new medium. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think we're all Dan now. I, I was just fascinated with his story that he wrote in Fast Company. And, um, you know, I did a search on what they had data they had collected on me. And the most alarming 
or most satisfying part was they referred to me online and after collecting data on me for what 10 years now that I'm a political moderate I thought that was really funny I'm, I'm definitely I'm definitely an anarchist so I had to pat myself on the back and say, hey, you've done a good job you've done a good job all these years of tricking Facebook but um, I agree with Dan I mean they're only I think people are learning that they're only very specialized people and entities who shouldn't have your personal information like your birthday where you were born um, you know um, so those things are important and I think it raises awareness around that and, and so we only have a, a few minutes left um, Brenda why don't you start off tell us uh, about your company and where people can get more information about you well uh, people can get more information about me on my Facebook page <laughs> which one <laughs> right stellar public relations um and um we've uh, got three years of experience in um tech public relations communications and security and privacy and i highly encourage you to also call um bennett kelly he's one of the top internet lawyers <laughs> thank you thank you so many puppy and kitten photos you wouldn't believe that's right. more on the puppy side than the kitten <laughs> but what about you dan we only got a minute left so I haven't killed my Twitter account yet, which is uh, at Tynan Writes, and I'm sticking with LinkedIn for for the time being, uh, where I can be found. Um, so one point I want to make before we close is that Facebook is an advertising company at its heart. It makes its revenue from advertising. And right. um, Facebook and Google have disintermediated uh, traditional media. They now get 70% of all advertising dollars in the internet. Someone's going to come along and disintermediate them at some point. Mm-hmm. Everyone is disrupted eventually, I guess. Is that eventually? That the, yes. Eventually, the question is for how long. But yeah, I mean, we no no one saw the fall of MySpace coming, or the fall of <laughs> Yahoo, or the even I don't know the Pets dot com. Maybe we saw that one coming. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I want to thank you both. It's always a pleasure to to start my Wednesday with you guys. And uh, I wanted you've been such great friends of the show, but no, you also made a very valid points today, and and really kind of expanded the I think uh, listeners' awareness of what what's at play here. This is a very important debate, and it's important that we have it. It's important that people understand what's going on and how their data is being used, and that they, you know, just how we do it in the U.S. isn't how it's done in the rest of the world. So. Um, this is an important debate to have, and uh, we'll be continuing our coverage of this here at Cyber Law and Business Reports. So I hope you join us again. This is Bennett Kelly from the Internet Law Center in downtown Santa Monica. And as Brenda plugged, you can find us at internetlawcenter.net, and you can also find us here next week at 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. Eastern. Um, so this is Bennett Kelly. Have a great week. We will see you next week. All the best. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. 
Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.